welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. The year we've been given for this season is 1991. The movie we are tackling this week is Beauty and the Beast. I am Greg, your host, your beastly host, trying to rein in these two absolute beauties. My best friends, Ryan and Mike. How you doing, Ryan and Mike? Good. I thought we were going to harmonize there. Good. 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 Wow. Okay, I'm going to give you each a point because you should know that this is a game show, and I will be giving points for cogent arguments, interesting thoughts, maybe like funny jokes, anything that strokes my ego just a little bit, but nothing that strokes it too much. I am mercurial. I'm protean. You never know exactly what I want. I'm shifting and I'm changing all the time. Hey, Greg, you can give us as many points as you want, but obviously God always gave, already gave us the most amount of points, as you can tell by the talent that we just showed when we harmonized mm-hmm. what we said. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Good good point, Ryan. Ryan. Points get points. Damn. The movie for this week, everybody. Mike, have you not even said anything yet? Shut Mike, up. Mike, Mike, yes? hang on. Do you want to say like a little something? I think the only beastly thing about you, Greg, is your giant furry cock. <laughs> That's... Ryan. Damn it, you know, as a gamble. I don't think that's unexpected. Like, yeah, furry cock, hmm, I don't know. That's beauty. That's like a Beauty and the Beast ref. Greg doesn't. Greg gives yeah. the other person points when you reveal facts. <laughs> facts. Mike. <laughs> Mike and facts both get that point. So, 1991, Beauty and the Beast. Let's dial back the old calendar to 1991. What is our initial relationship with this movie did we like it as young boys i remember uh sort of watching it maybe i it took me i, I think i was a full-on brazen brawny adult before i had seen this movie is this movie for girls mike no i was this is the first movie i really remember seeing in theaters i was at a girl's birthday party solely i think Such i told the story player, before where i was player. just like even young I, mike young mike gets to get candy do i do ring pop do i do push pop motherfucker does both uh I'm fat, so I burp and fart. I know. Always Mike. have been. I always know, will Mike. be. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I believe that our intro episode for 91 was filled with this story of Mike and the Beauty <laughs> and the Beast Day. But this is the first crush I remember having was on Belle. She's pretentious. She's kind of an asshole when you actually listen to what she's saying. And she's in you the book. You brought a girl to a thing where you would get a crush on a different girl? Are you I that bring mean? her? She had a birthday. She brought me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. So you. you love it. But you like, you, you developed a crush on Belle. You're on saying. Belle, in love with the movie, got super into the stage show. Uh, I know the song that isn't in this movie, being human that they cut or human again that they cut. It's great, guys. I fucking loved Beauty and the Beast as a kid. I, it's a special kind of person who uh, says, "I know the song that was cut." You know, like that's a. There's the nerds that are like, I've yeah. seen all of the. Uh, deleted scenes from a movie with the righteous commentary mm-hmm. but the the musical nerd who's like i know i know by heart the song that was cut yeah but i will not name an alt-right fascist movement about that song the Is- proud boys are from a cut song from aladdin <laughs> um so you say that's a banger the one that they cut because sometimes Human you again, hear yeah. a, a cut song and you're just like i get why that was cut but sometimes no. you hear it and you're like damn dude that song had energy it was different yeah it was romantic. It's just it was it was too much about the the servants 
and the serfs and this movie obviously doesn't care about them gotta be about the aristocracy right also this fucking movie was like hey we're already at 91 minutes no more <laughs> yeah. songs thank you and i stand and applaud to that yeah oh man so thank that's you. us that's us bouncing baby boys in 91 without going into too much detail how do you feel about it now I, I I do I think I tend to trend towards the old to say is better you know like I either am a weak weak person yeah or I I put too much into the test of time and yes I understand that this is to the test of time it's thirty years but before that thirty there was, years there was like sixty years of other Disney movies that are supposed to be classics and I would say that this not only stands up with all of the classics that Disney's ever made but. It also has the responsibility of restarting. Yeah. And it, it, people say it's a Little Mermaid, but the Little Mermaid is kind of looks like shit compared to this. Yeah, oh, th- this is gorgeous. Right. This is the one that like sort of restarted. The Disney that we still have to this day, there <laughs> is no world domination by this corporation without this movie. Mike, do you agree, disagree? I, I totally agree. I also think the what you love about it as a kid, as an adult, it's it's not problematic the way like the crows in like jungle book yeah. art like the, 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 but it is it the if if you're only caring about a message one uh, you're not going to enjoy art in general cool life but bro i think the art is the message is more complicated because i think the adult message is isn't everybody an asshole in their own unique way and i don't think you picked that up as a kid <laughs> i yeah i i was about to get into detail Greg. don't, so, so, don't you do it i'm sorry oh my with broad sorry. strokes only ryan just being honest right now so something i realized while watching uh this movie was that i saw it in theaters when i was a kid and then i saw it maybe one other time on vhs maybe two other times on vhs oh with that big clamshell uh and on VHS, it looked like shit. It was looked yeah. like kind of blurry. And uh, this from the very initial shot of this movie, which I watched in 4K this time, I was like, "Holy shit! This is the most beautiful thing I've ever." It's legit seen. 3D. Yeah, like, like there are the they way go that... out of their way to add a, the third mm-hmm. dimension, and, and it's just the stained glass window look in the beginning, and it still yeah, looks yeah, 3D. That's the other thing. Fucking yeah, crazy. Just... <laughs> and it was like Miyazaki. I mean, it was like Studio Ghibli beautiful like i i could not believe how beautiful it looked almost to the point where it's distracting and Mm -hmm. then in almost every other way it is a fucking perfect movie i cannot believe how much i was into this movie i was entertained nonstop, and i was like guys it feels winner-ish like i cannot believe it but this movie feels fucking winner-ish i think because it had i think you could still chew into it it's surprisingly funny i did not remember it's hilarious and I laughed as an adult, Mike. laughed throughout the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Isn't that that's so weird? Like as a kid, you'll just watch a movie and like, oh, I laughed the entire time. But as an adult, you're like, I laughed two times, and then there was like a quarter time there was like a quarter laugh. I have a count of the amount of laughter, <laughs> and two and a quarter laughs for a movie, incredible. Like yeah. that means it's one yeah. of the funniest movies you'll see all year. Well, some some people, and I'm not going to say who. Mike, but some people got a little close to saying something in detail there. Oh, all I'm right. Sorry. <laughs> but when we come back, that's when I'm going to want you to use detail and punish you for not doing it. It's so confusing. <laughs> what a world! It's like Guantanamo. What a world. What a world. Beauty and the Beast is the story of... Uh, I mean, is there any reason to give a recap of this movie? We all know what it's about. We've all seen it probably a million times, and we all know how good it is. But do you, though? When was the last time you really watched it? This movie is amazing in just about every way a movie can be. It also has many apparent problematic elements, which we will get to. But before we do, gentlemen, 
Beauty and the Beast was the first animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture. 30 years later, we have to do this every week, 30 years later, can we still see why this specific movie was chosen as the first one? So so much of it had to be, well, like the way you just described it in 4K, Greg, yeah. it had to be the way they watched it on the big screen. Not in VHS, because I don't think critics are watching VHS, but just oh, go, getting those VHS shit. screeners, can you even imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, just the heaviest fucking thing. Just, it's, it's, it's sweeping. And I don't know if you could... Snow White is not sweeping. Little Mermaid is not sweeping. There, there are like awe-inspiring that, shots that, in this cartoon. That shot that that like right after Gaston proposes, and it's kind of the reprise of like the Bell song. And she yeah. runs out of her house, runs through the forest, and then you come up over the forest. The camera pans above the forest, and she's just in this South France like valley, and she starts singing. Right. I thought I was gonna cry, and, like, and they're mimicking so that. Beautiful. What's that painting? The girl in the field painting. It, it's clear that they're just like just put put that painting in there, but like yeah. Barry Lyndon style, just recreate a painting. I think what's so important here, and this is why, Mike. when it comes to movies, I, like besides Citizen Kane and Vertigo, but like when you actually talk to film lovers about movies, they always talk about Godfather, and the reason why Godfather was such a commercial and critical success and got all the awards because it was a very modern movie that was all other movies from the past and predicted Mm -hmm. all of the future of movies. And that is it for, for live action and beauty and the beast is that for animation. Like it looks and feels exactly like it felt when you went to see snow white on opening day, but it feels so modern as well yet has CGI animation in it. It feels like the future. This is like it, all of these feel and like, you, I don't know if you were able to articulate all of that back then, but because no, they were so like, stupid, I mean, yeah. the IQs were so low, and I am a strictly an IQ person. But oh yeah, now uh, and forever, right? Big IQ guys. Yeah, right. just IQ tells you everything you need to know about a person. Um, but yeah, this is this is like this is everything that we need from a movie because it makes me okay with present moviedom and past moviedom all at the same time. That's what we're always struggling with. And I think that this movie gets a lot of credit for doing big things right. You know, the the we can talk about whether or not we like the the CGI. I think it looks pretty good, but mm-hmm. it's not blatantly no obviously no. like different than the rest of the movie. But as much as that leads the story of it, what this movie does perfectly is all the small things. If I can quote Blink One Eighty Two, Greg. It's the it's the little, <laughs> all the Greg all the Greg. Uh, it's like all the throwaway lines, mm-hmm. all the like backup parts in the singing are not just good, but they're so present. I have never heard in a musical audio that is so present. It feels like you're watching a fucking stage production and you are actually mm-hmm. with these performers. They do a wall of sound moment in the end of Be Our Guest yeah. where you can no longer understand what anybody's saying but it, where, it, because their voices are blended with the symphony and and then it also harkens back like when, when they're brave enough to break the animated look like the beginning and the end with the 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 i said it earlier and i've heard it for stained glass look yeah and then in be our guest where it goes to that old school like Asia disney kind of, the yeah. weird shit and they're just like what? look we're just gonna like it, they really went like what does the emotion of this scene actually call for visually and went with it uh that and a lot so of fucking- chafing dishes were singing then they were full of soup, and that's hard did, to understand. I, well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did understand so, that. 
some of the serfs have faces yeah, and some do not. Mike. Either it's horrifying to live without a face. What I've come up with to not be completely horrified is the ones with faces were people. The ones without faces were chafing dishes that have come alive because every inch of the castle was enchanted. Even, that, that's, this, even w- that's tough, though, right? If we're saying every part of the castle is, is, is alive, right? That's tough because even if they don't have faces... Dude, like, hauls off and just breaks furniture left yeah. and right. That's, are those that's folks? That's why those Lumiere and Cogsworth... Those are that, folks. That, so yes, like, those are folks, and that's why they're actually always so scared. I think that's how Chip <laughs> got the fucking Chip, man. He gave Mark. that kid oh, no. an indent into his skull. No, it's his teeth. It's no, his come well, on. That's on top hey, of his face. Greg, you could have multiple indents, okay? <laughs> teeth and skull. And that's why the Ottoman, which is sort of moving around, but sort of not doesn't have a face, that's why it's a dog. It's yeah. like the perfect middle grab between human and furniture. Is, oh, I want, I want that. Do you guys I want to put fucking... your feet up on your dog? Oh yeah, no, dude, she's that's great. eleven pounds. And it would kill. Oh her. yeah, okay. You have a dachshund, right? So that would just snap her in half. That'd be awful. Like her spine is so long and thin. But if you've got like a meaty dog, it will sit there for like ten minutes with your feet on it, and then finally it's like, fuck, yeah. stop. You know what? <laughs> if I can do this to you, then this can continue. Otherwise, get the fuck out of so here. So we agree that the CGI, like. It, I feel like it blends in and you don't notice it. I noticed it maybe more this time because the 4K really like showed you where those pixels yeah. were. But if I was eight, I would be so sucked into the entire movie that within five minutes, I wouldn't even think about, I think, I wouldn't, wouldn't even think about the fact that this isn't Toy Story. Yeah. And then what, after the five minutes, I would not be able to pick out what was CGI and what was not. Yeah, I think it's just a few elements, right? Right. Yeah, they really use it the, the, the same way Spielberg used it in Jurassic Park. It's blended. Yes, yeah. And that strengthens all parts. Yeah, because really, honestly, what takes your breath away in this is just the cell animation. Yeah. yeah. It's the and it's the background. It's like the the people they move a little bit herky jerky. It's still animation, right? It's not totally like computer smooth the way we have now. But each still frame of this is like a Barry Lyndon style painting, as Mike said. And for me, like Mike. I, I don't want to like damn with faint praise or anything, but I was listening to an episode of the podcast Script Notes recently, and they, they did uh, the movie Die Hard, where Alan Rickman falls off at the end, falls off the building, and it's such classic 80s green screen. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's like, almost endearing. Yeah. yeah. But, that's, but that's it. He's, <laughs> you can see he's laying on a mattress and just flailing his limbs. But like that's it. Is that like its lack of realism almost puts you more into the movie. Right. Then, if it looks super real, but you knew that it wasn't, I know yeah. that sounds weird, but it's hard to explain. But uh, so many times in this movie, where there was clear, almost like uh, layered animation, like that background, yeah. and then they put yeah, a yeah, character yeah. here, and then yeah. they put a character here on top of it, almost like a Photoshop thing. The how right. how it looks so much less real than like the water in Moana or whatever. Yeah, but still took me away more. Like, I was more into the fantasy because of what a book it looked like. And this could just harken back to because I was a kid when there was cell animation. Maybe maybe, maybe this is dust for a a kid born today, but it felt wonderful. It felt so good to see those lines, Mm -hmm. right? To see things like not completely like lined out, but instead Mm -hmm. that sort of like trick of like just one line to suggest. Right. Yeah, that stuff, like, really, it it felt good. And this is painted, but this is drawn, and then this is CGI. That's crazy. And that's what we want out of a cartoon. I don't want cartoons to keep getting more and more realistic. Yeah. Like, I don't want our cartoons to look like these video games where you're like, I can see recognize that actor. Like that sucks. Like, <laughs> and especially if it's a fairy tale cartoon, you want it that it, like right. having that fantastical element, even in the little French town, which is why I assumed they moved herky jerky because that's how French walk. <laughs> that a lot of people don't know this, right. but the hitman's uh, wife's boyfriend, the, uh-huh. the hitman's wife's bodyguard, all animation. 
That's wow. how real it looks now. Yeah, it's too good. Yeah. I think too good. That's amazing. Pretty sure they're not going to have to pay these actors anything. How many times while watching this were you guys like, "Oh yeah, it's France"? Uh, you know, when <laughs> I was so a, when I was a kid, two characters. I lit- I literally had no idea when I was a <laughs> yeah. kid. And yeah. I now that I understand history, France and England, they they bleed into each other a lot. Sure, but usually you have more than just two French people in your French town. Wait, that's how racist French France is? Is that they only have they have more than two percent French people? <laughs> That's crazy to me. How about the music in this? I mean, I, I feel like um, the, a- the the animation gets a lot of like cred in this, but isn't the mm-hmm. music like almost perfect? Yeah, I don't know if there's a snooze song in here. Like you and I are bad to ask this because most people our age and gender hate musicals. So it means we're the best to ask this. Sometimes, no, but sometimes like, they call them snoozicals. But I would say that this this is the best of that because... The music flows in and out of the story so much better than mm-hmm. almost any live action musical yes. I can think of. Well, what, what they remember that they like so, not all musicals, Ryan. but the ones that remember the rules. Hashtag. So we meet Bell's <laughs> Bell's I Want song is blended with Ryan. the meet how this town is, and that's yes, so smart because often those are separate. And then Gaston's song is he is down in the dumps, and it's the way like you the the way it's like nope, this is the heart of this character right now, and like. The, the aching, like, Be Our Guest is the big show-stopping number, right? And I just kept comparing it to a Friend Like Me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right hard not Holy to. shit, Mike. is Be Our Guest such a better song yeah. than Friend Like Me? You can see the sweatiness of Friend Like Me wanting to recreate oh, yeah, the magic sure. of here. Um, and just to do fully, you thought you were in a fairy tale before, now we're fully entering it after this song. This I'll, put a put a, I'll, I'll put uh, Be Your Guest in the top ten scenes we've ever done in oh, the history yeah, of movie dude. the year. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's not just the music; it's like the whole staging. Of it, it even has that moment that some musicals have of in the middle of the song. We're going to tell the sad, sad story of this idiot <laughs> Cogsworth, <laughs> <laughs> and like the explosive everything coming together, and you just get like almost overwhelmed by the amount of stuff you're seeing. The and Busby hearing. Berkeley of it all. There's a point where all of the teacups start dancing in a circle, like. Guys, that's a Disneyland yeah. reference right there. The, and the music is very operatic, and so I think that's why you yes. get that intense layering in that, right? It's because it like kind of like is a reference to, to opera. And I'm sure there's a, uh, I don't know, more eloquent and musical way to say this, but Mike is right. If you end your song with nobody understanding what anybody's saying, that means it was a big deal. <laughs> that, that's epic. How much of modern <laughs> cinema is nobody understanding what anybody's saying? Wow, this movie looks good, but everyone's like, and the music's like, <laughs> Greg, we should write Boom Howard the musical. Well, we have said everything we absolutely, positively love about this movie. All that's left is to come back for another segment in a second. Mount Rushmore! We are here standing beneath the majestic, the incredible Mount Rushmore. And I think, guys, we're all blown away, right? This is just, man, look at this hunk of granite. Honestly, sure is a rock. I don't know if it is granite. Maybe I'm just taking it for granite. Oof. Greg. 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 I just think uh, they were all Greg. presidents, right? Uh, I think, yeah, that's who these cats were, right? These are all presidents. And that's such, just an amazing like position to have. You oh, know? Yeah, Demand so it, much respect. It's up there. If you don't respect the man, respect the position. Respect the office, please. Yeah, definitely. Or at least the office, UK. <laughs> Right. A little meaner, but a lot funnier. The Office UK. Check it out. So what we're going to do is we're just going to pull these guys down because we're not into this anymore. But we're going to put something else up. And it felt like maybe the thing to do was to take the best music 
or the best artists, musical artists from 1991 and maybe put them up here? I love this. Like, Is that nutso butso? We're like, we're going to pull these presidents down and we're just going to do 91 and everybody's like, okay. Yeah. Music. What the fuck? Why'd you keep talking? <laughs> I don't get it. Why didn't you just stop after we said okay? It's like because there's more magic to come. Mike, why don't you go ahead and give us someone you think deserves to be up on this 1991 mountain of music? Thank you. And and now for music, there's musical groups. There's solo artists and there's groups. Or should I submit one from the group? One from the group. Or, or at least we'll pick a head at the end. And yeah, but let, let okay. Everybody was into hair metal. Moms were dancing on top of cars. Moms and everybody got had really big into leather. hair metal in 91. That's true. And then Mike. one band was brave enough to say, hey, do you know what would be better? Better music. What if these songs said something? You've heard the Pixies? Oh, you haven't heard the Pixies? Thank God. We're Nirvana. Nevermind <laughs> came out and ushered in grunge in 1991. And that is why Chris... What is his name? Chris Novoselic, I think, should be on the top of the mountain. Oh, okay. The, the one guy from Nirvana that nobody could ever remember? <laughs> yep. Did you hear me not remember his name? <laughs> Do you remember the one who went into politics? Remember that show where Prince threw the guitar up and it never came down? But it was like Chris a, caught it? Uh, there was some like uh, Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Fame or something, and Prince threw his guitar up and it never landed. I remember a show where Chris Novoselic threw his guitar up one yep. inch or two inches maybe <laughs> and it came down directly on his head yeah and right he, on his fucking face <laughs> uh he is a doofer i have a different person for nirvana if mike's turn is over no 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 no. i'm submitting nirvana obviously you fucking jackass and nirvana you can't of course, scoop this mike. goes right up was it gonna be pat smear ryan kurt cobain, I think kurt cobain uh wore flannel and sweaters and that to me is 91 <laughs> that is pretty 91 well we're definitely gonna put kurt right up there i've been watching a little bit of that beatles documentary that all the kids are crazy about is he right in that? Now. honestly john lennon reminds me a lot a lot of him like the little jokes he makes and the fact he's a big weirdo uh addicted to heroin a uh, totally addicted to heroin uh, and that heroin's name yoko ono, yoko ono. boom ryan right well done <laughs> Okay, Ryan, who do you think should go up on this mountain? I am going to try. And, Mike, I don't know if you agree with this sentiment, but I'm going to try to make Kurt Cobain the um, the symbol of grunge. Yeah. yeah. Right? I don't want to fill the mountain with flannel. Yeah. Right? So you don't want to do, like, the Pearl Jam. And that's so hard for me because... You love Pearl Jam. That's your band. I do. Eddie Vedder is five foot two, and I think that's crazy because the way he sings. <laughs> Eddie Vedder is your Otis Anderson. Hey, if you don't get that, go subscribe to our Patreon. Seriously, you're missing out on great content like that, Honestly, including us being willing to literally do anything for money, which we said, we said all of us, we said on that show. Honestly, I think that if you don't get that, like you, you don't need to describe or subscribe to Patreon. Like you just no, get you how. Need, no, you do need. to You should, to but Patreon. Kurt Cobain is basically Otis Anderson for everyone, whether you pay for us or not. <laughs> I think we can all agree. I don't know if this is far away enough from the Seattle flannel, but uh, the the voice in my head when I think about 91, uh, also addicted to heroin at the time, is a little guy who uh, did that heroin under different bridges than the ones in uh. Seattle. Um, this is when blood and sugar and sex and magic were the top four things on everybody's list it's anthony Wait, should Kiedis. that just be the rushmore <laughs> blood right. sega shooks and magic yeah you know I... have you ever had that cereal by the way <laughs> <laughs> it's a little 
coppery. Oops, all blood. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Do you not want that? I'll take it up to my castle. Okay, that's fun. That was the end of the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only mascot where, where the kids, <laughs> when he comes around, the kids are like, yes, you can take the cereal. Please, yeah, please get the We don't want a box face. of blood. Please go away. We won't fight a cartoon villain for, to, in order to keep the cereal. Have you seen Count Chocula around here? I'm going to fuck him up. Uh, as a Southern California boy, I am legally obligated to put the red hot chili peppers up here. I'm just going to do R H C P. And then later I will forget that. And then <laughs> what should we do? Anthony Kiedis or flea as the head? I think Anthony Kiedis because Anthony Kiedis was also the star had a, a one line in the hit 91 film point break. Yes. In oh. break. He's an actor. He's Although a double threat. Flea had a line or two in the hit 1990 film back to the future part two. Is that true? Yeah. He played he was Marty McFly's boss. Needles. <laughs> no, he wasn't his. Was he wasn't his boss? He was the guy who would always race him and call him a chicken. Mm. His name was Fleetles. Mike. Important correction by Mike. There. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't step to me when it comes to flea. Seriously, yeah. Back up, everybody. Don't Let's step to me when it comes to flea. It's clear the way I live my life that I saw flea as a young boy and went. I think. I should model decisions off of this guy. How do you live your life? I'm fat, so I burp and fart. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just like Flea, baby. <laughs> One quarter powder at a time. Mike, it's back to you. We already have two of these heads filled out. Who else even was doing music in 91? I can't even remember at this point. I think even though he might say he's in a corner, I think we need to pull him out of the corner. So not baby. Put him right over that mountain. It's Michael Stipe representing R.E.M. This Ooh. is when out of time came out and this is what blew them up from college radio to everybody this is losing my religion this is losing my religion ladies time. and gentlemen this is losing my religion shiny <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy people like radio show idea i just announce songs and then you just sing them with your <laughs> you sing the guitar part with your mouth i would listen to that <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to mike because you'd be on the show Oh, shit. By the way, I was listening to radio on the way over here. Do you guys know how to get the radio at one and a half times speed or two? <laughs> <laughs> and they are talking slow on that thing. Hello. Kevin and fucking mush mouths. Have you noticed that podcasts, they've just started speaking even slower? So it's oh, like, yeah. you have to if get- you're accidentally on one speed, it <laughs> feels like, did they all do ketamine? Drunk. What the fuck happened? You know what I think? Or have you done that thing where they will have a guest that is not used to being on podcasts? So at one and a half speed, they will sound normal, but the guest is right <laughs> <crack laughs> the fuck Yeah. I have to do it. I have to put REM right up, and I guess it's going to- Oh, my goodness, Craig. It's gonna, That's crazy. It's going to be- Patreon listeners know that this is not how Pro Stars works. No, Pro Stars was- That's tough, because that's kind of like my domain, you know? I'm like- Well, I'm, that means waiting for Lakers or Giants. Yeah, I just waiting to feed me the- But I don't <laughs> have, like, really a favorite band from 91, so um, I'm just excited about all these. I mean, come on, Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers- REM, but let's get some maybes going. Let's cut through a couple maybes. Ryan, I think it's to you, you correct? Don't, yeah. You don't know what a maybe is yet. You haven't even heard... Okay. I'll know it when I hear it. I'll know <laughs> when I hear it. This may not be her peak year, but it was the year where she was the biggest uh, artist on the block. The Billboard charts, not the Blockbuster charts. Those were for videos. <laughs> her, I'm not going to tell you... Who the artist is. I'm going to do some build-up, but I will tell you the name of the album Okay, was Mariah Carey. And this was <laughs> the album right. that had the song Someday, okay. where at the end, she went, <laughs> and then 
opened garage doors and turned on <laughs> chimpanzees with the amount of notes that she could hit. Do you guys remember Mariah Carey in 1991? They're easy to turn on. I do remember Mariah Carey. Is that an urban legend, or did she actually hit a frequency that could open garage doors? The urban, the <laughs> legend that I heard that is not urban is that she drove around in a car around a neighborhood with me, and we opened garage doors, and then we and just like took the stuff. Yeah, that's the dream, right? She just like opens up that mouth, opens up the door. You run in there, grab golf clubs. Grab a toolbox if you can. Maybe go through the glove compartment of the car. Some people keep their wallet in there, right? And then you just jump in the car and you, Mariah Carey, go right next door, open the next garage. Uh, Greg, this was 91. Everyone kept their keys in the, like, the mirror under thing. Under the sun uh, yeah. visor? So yeah, we had a lot of stolen cars. That's right. so true. There's like 18 movies from this time where people just, just walk into a car and then that's the one place they look. There's keys right there. Excellent. Well, you know what? Mariah, I'm sorry. I'm putting this is you sexist on the and file. racist. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Mike, do you have someone you think belongs on this mountain? I do. In nineteen ninety one, a little group had their sophomore album come out. It's on Rolling Stone's top five hundred albums of all time. It so many albums you love, Greg, yes. would not exist without this one. It pushed alt hip hop uh so far. Jazz was something all over the place. Low end theory. It's I'm saying it's Q tip on there representing a tribe called quest a tribe. it's what it's what launched uh buster rhymes just because he guested on a couple songs he got his career started from this buster rhymes we got is scenario is a fun rapper Check the rhyme who we don't get a lot of yeah do we he's dope i don't know why we hate buster rhymes he didn't like do some like alt-right shit i don't know are we upset with buster rhymes i remember uh he he's did very good at his job yeah he's like so good but i feel like he only like pops up every once in a while yeah, he's fucking Where awesome. You, well, for I love his voice, but I really love him on a guest verse. Yeah, right. Uh, and then yeah, you're like, you oh don't shit! Want the whole but like, oh, the whole I, time, I, yeah. I can't imagine a whole album. It's yeah. like, hey, here's a whole meal of hash browns. Like, whoa, a little bit of hash browns is fine. But yeah, it was right. only getting into tribe that I was like, oh, this is why he's great. He's mm. one of those guys. That he's like, I'll just, I'll sure I'll be on your track. But yeah. then inside his head, he's like, it's gonna be my track. <laughs> Bust right? their asses for sure. <laughs> Bustin makes me feel good. Bustin makes me feel good. All right, tribe on the tribe called Quest in the maybe pile. Ryan, sure. who else you got? This is the year. I think that the band that took us out of the eighties and into the nineties, besides Kurt Cobain, was a gentleman who put on wraparound sunglasses in the nineties, the only type of sunglasses, and said, "Eh, we should fix the world, shouldn't we?" <laughs> and also, I'm gonna make the greatest rock album of all time. Scottish superstar. Sonny and wait, share the Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono <laughs> is what I was trying to get to. It's Bono. Bono of U2. So just not U2, but Bono. Bono. Well, yeah. I mean, I know that they have the edge, but it's Bono that would go on this mountain because the wraparound sunglasses. Do you know how fun that is for a mountain designer with chisels in hand to design those wraparound sunglasses? Can we just of have course. Abe still there, but with Bono's wraparound sunglasses? <laughs> Absolutely. He's going to look like a weird conservative reply guy, though, right? It's going to look like that. Yeah. Those wraparound sunglasses. You look like the kind of dude that like posts up outside Walmart but and films yourself crying about having to put on a mask. His were like a little bigger. His were cooler. Yeah. Bono rules, man. You two gets a bad rap. I don't. I... We do. Ryan and I do get a bad rap. Thank <laughs> you, Mike. Mike. I uh, I am not as offended by Bono as so many people are because I think that a lot of his shit is 
correct, even though he's very annoying about it. And <laughs> man, is he still paying for the fact that he delivered an album right, right to everybody's phones? Do you I like that is still on his ass? We lost our heads a little bit about that. I think. Oh, I think uh, looking back, I'm sorry, we got a free gift. Yeah, I don't think we should have like gotten the torches and pitchforks. I mean, we turned into the mob from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> In the fucking meantime, they're syringing goddamn microchips into your arms so also, people can follow you. Raised by Wolves on that album is fucking awesome. There's a couple of really good tracks. It's, no, If anybody bothered to listen to the album, it's not bad. They had to apologize. We're so sorry that we give you our music for free. Alright, let's see. Bono there. Mike, you have another guy you want to throw in the movie I do. quickly? I'm getting Don't the sense me. that you didn't put Gre- uh, Greg, you didn't put Tribe on because you're, you said you're a West Coast boy. So I'm going to yeah. introduce you to another West Coast boy. His debut album, Tupacalypse Now, came out in 1991. It changed the West Coast game. It, of course, is, is Tupac Eminem? Shakur. Hmm. Hmm. Tupac. In many ways, a rapper better than Eminem. <laughs> in many ways. But not a better actor. Eminem's a better actor than Tupac. You'll always have that, big guy. You'll always have I'm that. I'm still a fan of Poetic Justice. We need a, we need a special show for Poetic Justice. So it finally I, gets its Poetic Justice? I think we should have a type of show called Call Your Shot. And if you say... Like you just call your shot. You have to pack it up. Any movie, yeah. Like, but but like we will. You know, it's a lot of work, obviously, and you have to be the host. You have to do all the shit. But if you call your shot, I think any movie, any year, you should be able to do that, right? I love that. That's why in the intro show for ninety one, I fought for Last Boy Scout as hard as possible until right when it was about to quit, and I was like, oh bummer. I just (laughs) edited that, and you're like, okay, guys, mask off. Here, I got to say something here. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, sit down. Are you sitting down? Lie down. Okay, lie all the way down. (laughs) All right, put your hands on the ground. Okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that voice count. I'm sorry, everybody. I think it's because you voted for Hook instead. Ryan, do you have somebody else that you want for maybe? I do have one more person, and <laughs> Patreon listeners know what it's like to have Greg as a host. So a uh, treat and a delight. I will say, uh, James Hetfield <laughs> was the king of the Black Album in this year. Ooh. Oh, dang. Oh, man. That's and not that son of a bitch, Lars. Not no, Lars. Never be mentioned on this podcast. Obviously. I want to sue children. Oh, man. I was very uh, out as a Metallica fan at that time. And people would like flag you down. Like, hey, hey, hey. You like Metallica, right? What the fuck is their deal, man? Why are they trying to ruin such a cool thing? I hate this. Meanwhile, we were just talking about how you 2 tried to give their album to everybody for free, and people freaked out even more about that. People suck. Do not, people are strange. Do not sell your album to me or give it to me for free. I will hate both of those. Let me steal it and be fine with that. All right, let's see. Mariah Carey is out. Oh, this is insane. Uh, James Hetfield is out straight away. Yes. Uh, Bono is out. I'm going with Tupac. Tupac, West Coast represent, and I think we'll just use his head because it's just it's just yeah. Guy. Mike, so your 1991 Mount Rushmore of music is Kurt Cobain's head for Nirvana, Anthony Kiedis's head for Red Hot Chili Peppers, Michael Stipe's head for REM, and Tupac's head for Tupac's head. I like the evenness. Two long hair, two no hair. Yeah, you know what. I'm Every group of friends to... should be. Yeah, got to bring balance, man. Got to bring balance. Beatles 2.0. That's a good Beatles, right? I would listen to the <laughs> shit out of this traveling Wilburys. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to get into maybe some of the problematic elements of the movie. I don't know, everybody. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. 
And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Beauty and the Beast continued the Disney renaissance started by The Little Mermaid. But it also continued Disney's streak of featuring cringy, problematic aspects between its romantic leads. Does the way we look back at this relationship now completely sink the rest of the movie? I was so ready to say so, right? Like, I was so ready to, like, draw swords. Mike, were you ready to, like, fuck this movie? A little, and it, it felt for so much right. of it, it's like, well, you clearly, Gaston has to be here to make the beast look okay. Like, <laughs> this clear, like, I will murder your father just so I can f- coerce you into marriage. Then it's like, well, anybody's going to look good next to that. I that That's true, right. but I love the uh, pairing of these two because not all heroes... Wear capes. That's true. <laughs> not not all heroes like act the same, and not all villains act the same. Mm-hmm. And I love the two of them together because most heroes are actually they do act like Gaston. And right, you know, he's a Captain Hammer type. Sometimes, if you look at people that act like the Beast, then maybe they're not as bad. I, I like the two of them together were right. absolutely necessary. You couldn't just have the love story without Gaston. They're they're foils for one another. But uh, am I wrong to say that the memory of this movie, like our collective memory of this at, at this point, is that it's very problematic because Beast captures Belle and mm-hmm. imprisons her, and then those are the conditions under which she falls in love with him. But so, and that's so. Like when I put the movie on, I crossed my arms across my chest, sure. and I was like, "Okay, movie, like uh, you're on notice because that's not appropriate to do." And then I, the movie started and my jaw dropped and my arms just went straight up in the air and I began pumping them up and down going, movie, <laughs> movie, movie, movie. And I like, at the end, I was like, wait, wasn't I supposed to be offended by the stuff in the middle? If you subscribe to Patreon, you will get a picture of Greg going downhill on the roller coaster <laughs> of him watching a movie, just arms in the air, <laughs> loving it. Uh, I think that this is because of the background cast. Because mm-hmm. I remember this movie being like Beast is an asshole for a long time, and it's basically uh, Stockholm syndrome, the movie, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. But Beast, every time Beast says something, right. his entire background crew of little things in his house is like, Beast, what the fuck, it's, man? <laughs> what the are one, you doing? The one time they're not afraid to stand up to him is when it comes to how he's treating Belle. That's when yeah. they're finally like, I don't care if I get smashed, man. Right. You cannot treat this girl like this. For how long were they living like that? Where they didn't say shit? Ten years. Ten years. And now Belle, Belle comes in and they're like, dude, knock it the fuck off, bro. But how much of that is them caring about Belle? And how much of that is that is they are like, we have three weeks left before this guy turns 21. And I would like to be out of the prison. And moment. I would like to not be a fucking teapot. <laughs> Okay, Mike. granted, but that 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 gives us a little wiggle room, right? I feel like we go pretty hard at movies sometimes that have <laughs> problematic elements. And so I think this movie does, and I think we have to own the fact that, or for me at least personally, I speak for myself, I have to own the fact that 
I gave this movie a pass. I didn't mean to, but it just, it was such a white hot fire of entertainment. I couldn't. (laughs) There's that. I would also argue, and it's a kid's movies and it's blessedly only 94 minutes. Mm, Delicious. I think that in the time they have, he arcs. Belle doesn't arc. Belle is the same who's like, I hate these French people that I live with by the end of the movie. But he opens up and learns. It's not just like, I'll get what I want this way. He learns how to become a better person. And it, it does sort of happen in every scene. Like, yes. there's not a ton of time where it's like, I'm the beast and I'm terrible. And I will be in this scene yeah. and the next scene and maybe one more. Every scene, He's it's a little bit different. <laughs> and... I know that there's problematic aspects and I know right. about how like maybe Belle should have found somebody else or Belle really should have picked herself and books and that should have been it. But as far as Disney movies go and how fairy tales have to have this sort of like path, every single time that Beast does something, he's like, he's like, you will get out to dinner. Shit. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Shit. And also Please. she's like, she's like, No. Yeah. Fuck off. Like, I'm not going to do what you say. It's not appropriate the way you're acting. She says that to him like five different times. The, but the, he still does like rage out in front of her mm-hmm. and break stuff all around He's her. emotionally abusive. Let's say. I mean, he... But he is an 11-year-old that... And I don't want to get too much into the next segment, but he was an 11-year-old with no parents who was punished for his entire life. I would have anger problems too. And that's the thing, right? Because it's an allegory. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a parable about how you have to grow up to be in a relationship with somebody, right? And he, mm-hmm. the thing, the reason he's a beast is he has not conquered his urges. He has not conquered the violence inside himself. He has not learned how to say no to himself. Or found out, like, why it's bad. Like, to not right. oh, that. this hurts other people when I do this thing. You know, it's just like, well, this is my first instinct and so therefore i get to do it i get to be on natural and he has been totally alone for a very right. very long time so he's not used to living he probably with fucked somebody that french else. made duster i was gonna say just sticking his furry dick in miss potts's nose <laughs> jesus oh my, my god that's too much we should briefly brief aside here brief brief aside who is hotter as their uh object french rather maid. than french, as french maid the french maid's hotter as the maid oh, or is she hotter as the no when she when she stops being the dust brush, it is the hottest cartoon I've ever seen. Yeah, this movie's very horny, and she she's drawn a little bit too much. I think yeah. the only person who is hotter as the object is Chip. I was Dude, gonna beast. I was gonna say Potts, the bureau lady. They're both hot. Yeah, well, bureau leader is thick. Yeah, I think I definitely think they're hot. I think Beast those. is so much hotter. As beast, a beast. When he turns like into some patty-lipped fucking idiot. A million times hotter is the Beast. Like I, I, I've never been a furry person, but like when it comes to the Beast, he's so much cuter. And one thing I like about the movie is when he starts melting into a dude. Belle for like the first thirty seconds is like, oh, I don't know if I like this dude. And then she yeah, looks right. at his hair. And she's like, he's still furry. That's okay. <laughs> if we're gonna get into this shit now, do you guys predict in Beauty and the Beast too? That Belle's dad is gonna fuck Mrs. Potts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was something sure. about their blocking, just being next to each other, and he's like, "Good one, Chip." He's obviously he's like the stepdad. I like, want to be a stepdad. Yeah. He got a he got a new lease on life, man. I like 
Right. I respect that so much. Like, oh, well, dude, you used to be a teapot. Uh, hey, I'm like an older bachelor. Do you want to like, I don't know, I'll raise your kid? Uh, sorry, we both have the same body type and height. Let's just get together. <laughs> and also, Chip Your is the little one person teapot, who's... I'm short and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Chip is the one person who's right. figured out how to use his invention. So part of it is like, I want to date the mom because I love this kid so much. Yeah, yeah. that's a Jerry Maguire style. That kid knows how to use my invention. I love that. That's actually that's actually really nice. Uh, there are, but there are like there are other problems problematic elements and let me like point out just one not to be no fun over here but like isn't it really weird that there's three other women in the town bell's age and they're all the same woman are those literally triplets because i, I don't tri- really they're triplets are they okay because the movie never says that it just gives them no. all the same face and then the same voice and they kind of like right. share lines but it, it is still like uh gaston's the hottest boy bell is the hottest girl therefore they should be together and those triplets are never thought of like maybe no. if gaston talked to one of those triplets yeah dude maybe they would they th- stri- like honestly stupid talk shit. to all the triplets like you got yeah they you got like an inroad there dude <laughs> you're but also it's france it's, like i know it's hard to remember but you're you're in france right now they call french kissing kissing <laughs> it's such a they, they don't even do pecs over there <laughs> it's a tiny french town and there's so many attractive women in here you don't just get bell and the triplets there's uh the the one the of lady the who needs to buy eggs the the vendor <laughs> that's too expensive the vendor who gets hit in the head by his wife because he's looking down the girl's shirt oh yeah like, that lady there's a there's a bunch of attractive ladies in if this you, little French town if you grow up in a town like this your husband will say something outside of a window and then you will have your own window to pop out of and hit him <laughs> on the head that's just part of be- growing up in a town like that's this. France baby <laughs> that's just how it works Ryan uh, also we're sexual weirdos so sure. uh, but like. This movie is is so incredibly horny, and then it also has Chip constantly being like, I, "What are you guys all talking about?" But all they're ever talking about is like love and stuff. But in so in Parks and Recreation, making out was code for fucking, yeah. right? And that is Parks and Recreation Bella's- was like eight seasons of never saying the word sex. Yeah, right. it's crazy. But Bell and Beast are twenty and ravishing. So they're going to yeah. ravish each other. So that the older adults are obviously just talking about how these two are going to go to Bone Town. Even when he's the beast? Uh, hopefully. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I mean sure. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to do some more drafting of director. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on Bandcamp. he's on spotify uh soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music check them out because we fundamentally don't really understand how to have fun here and because we make everything competitive and just set up games to hurt our own feelings i do make things more competitive than you do that's true ryan mm, i think i make them a ryan. little more competitive than you do ryan Ooh, okay. Ooh, i don't know that's so argumentative. Ryan. um 
we have been drafting directors. The rules are we we draft directors and then nobody else is allowed to see the movies from that director, which we have all been following. Yes. I just watched No Sudden Move the other day. Finally, yeah. I saw the Soderbergh movie. How was he, that, by the way? He's on my team. And it was wonderful. And I can't talk to you guys about it. Yeah, because I don't know mm-hmm. anything about it because I ain't seen it because I'm not allowed to. And Denis Villeneuve made Dune? Dune, yeah. A little movie called Dune. What is this movie you speak of, Greg? Yeah, I just you're... watched 1984's Dune and have been talking about that when people talk about the modern Dune. And you don't even have David Lynch, so you can get him tonight. And those people get pissed off. I don't Stop tell them. Talking about... <laughs> I like that fish guy. Wait a minute. Uh, and I, you know what? I Honestly, I forgot the order that we go in because we have one static order, right? Is this a joke or did you? It's you, Mike, me. Me, me, me. All right. So I'm going to pick somebody who's got a little movie coming out. And I I checked the list so many times. And this guy has not been picked up yet. And I think it's because we don't know how much he has left in the tank. We don't know how many miles per hour he's going to lose on his fastball. But he's coming out with a movie that I really want to see. And that I think probably Ryan wants to see as well. But he won't be able to because I'm taking Stevie Spiels. Steven Spielberg. At the time of this recording, the uh, critical embargo has been lifted on West Side Story. Yeah. And people are just like, I'm sorry. It's one of the greatest movies that has ever been made. Yeah. And man, now you, you can't love see this. It. And, now I, can't, and I love the original. Shit. Yeah, man. It would have been so good. Also, uh, lyrics written by Steven Sondheim, R.I.P. Oh, man. That's true, huh? Yeah. And now you hate and- Sondheim because you're not going to go see this movie. And so he still has it in him, Steven Spielberg. I know I say this about every draft pick, but fuck Greg, fuck this pick. This is my pick. This was for me, and he stole this from me. You know what you did, though, Ryan? You're like, I can leave him out there as long as I fucking want. I I have literally all game to get there. And I was like, this is is my thought process. I was like, somebody brought up West Side Story, and I was like, oh, I want to see that. And I was like, oh, shit. Wait, am I allowed? Am I allowed? (laughs) And then I went and I checked the list, and I just kept checking it. I didn't even use Control-F. I just kept checking over and over and over again. This is an absolute batshit idiot moment for me and mike like he has Stupid probably 12 more idiots. years or 12 12 more movies in him at least and three uh, of them will be worth it but i did read the rules of the director draft and if you say right away after the pick this is bullshit this is stupid this should have been mine you actually get him you know her no. you get the you get the pick no. if you yell out i'm not no i'm not doing that you then see, if, you, if you put your fingers in your ears and you go na 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 all right, I feel so good. Good about pick, Greg. I feel pick, so Greg. good about put, putting that guy in my stable in the ninth round. By the way, yeah, dude. All right, so then it is Mike's turn now. Yep. I Mike. wish I had remembered this guy a couple months ago because it would have been even that much more satisfying. But uh, if you haven't seen his back-to-back movies that just came out, you can't now. I'm taking Ridley Scott. Oh, damn. You know, I am such a late-to-the-party Ridley Scott guy, but this hurts. Can I still watch his, like, shows? These are my number one and two choices for tonight. Good. Dude, when you look at the names, it's it's starting to get, like, either you have to be super speculative, like this person's made one movie. Or, or... like, Ridley Scott, 88 years old. Yeah, so, like, but you're going to get a little bit. I want to see what he's got, but I can't. I loved Alien, loved Aliens, and for some reason, I think it was the 88, and then I was like, oh, wait, he... The two definitely worthwhile mo- watching movies, if not a fucking amazing movies, just came out. He's still got it, baby. We have a Ridley Scott movie in this season. 
Which one is it? Which Thelma one? and Louise. Oh my oh, god! Oh shit! Yeah. Nice. And now you guys can't watch it. <laughs> and, uh, no, we can't get so watch many it. points. And we can we can watch Last Duel and uh, House of Gucci from this year. We just can't watch anything after this okay. mic pick. See, that's why I and said I wish I got them a couple months ago. Bullshit. That's one of my guys. I'm gonna take this guy. <laughs> no. Ryan. Well done, Ryan. Thank you. Very Wait, well played. What? All right, Ryan, it's to you for two picks now. So you've had your heart broken. Can you manage to hurt either Mike or me? You guys did. Yeah, you guys took everything that I wanted, but to keep them away from you. Now it's time to go full Ryan. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to bring out the full Ryan here. And the first one is Noah Bombach. Mike, who is Noah Bombach? Noah Bombach is just like this hoity-toity New York fuck. He did the squid and the whale. He did, uh, what was that one with Ben Stiller? Greenberg. While we're young, no Greenberg, uh, and, and he did while we're young, we're young. Yeah. yeah, which was very good. I love Greenberg, and he did. He's Marriage Story as well, right? Yes, Marriage Story. Yeah, that's like what I I married to Greta. Know him from not married, but with. I mean, might as well shacking up with shacking up living with, yeah. in sin. That's pretty hot. I like that. The kids are doing that. <laughs> Nothing's cooler than two fucking screenwriter directors living with each other, just. Talking about movies all day. Hey, you know when we had that fight earlier? Are you going to use that on anything? <laughs> you I mean when I punched the wall? No. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might. Oh, did you want to? I was. I don't know. I was thinking maybe. Oh, maybe. that's the worst existence, right? Like, if you're a filmmaker, marry a scientist or something. Yes. Like, yeah. two filmmakers together seems intolerable. Peering at each other over the tops of their laptops. What are you writing right now? Nothing. Slowly, their head comes up above <laughs> the laptop. Or... The worst, the worst. Hey, can you read my thing? And then they read it, and then they snicker a little bit, and they're like, "Oh, what'd you laugh at? Oh, what, what, what did you laugh at?" <laughs> no, that's not. That's not you, it's because you don't it. get it, Ryan. What does Bombach have in the pipes? Do you know of anything? I don't. Like I honestly the... don't. Nothing. Uh, he's got Greta Gerwig in the pipes. No, you know what I mean? boo. <laughs> Noah Bombach is actually into pegging, Mike. So Ryan, oh, good... I'm just assuming there, but like that feels like a pretty easy assumption to make. So I'm going to evaluate this round, and honestly, there's not a person alive Greg. who could think that I didn't win that. I, w- I like to give you folks the points because you're like you're the ones actually competing. Esteban Spielberg, go! <laughs> well, no, no, round. we're allowed to watch his movies from now on, Ryan. Yeah, that guy's not even in a union. Yeah, that's true. All right, Ryan. So who are you on the turn? Who are you going for? I think that this is. I don't know. I think I don't know. If, like I could probably wait on this guy, but I'm going to go with Pedro Almodovar. Yeah, you don't want to just like you don't want to wait on guys anymore, right? And you're gonna get your heart broken. Who has a movie coming out this year? And I think that I'm drafting him just in time before it comes out. Okay, so you're barely getting in there. What other things has he done? Volver. Uh, uh, I'll allow you to answer. My mother, the star. Okay. Under, not under the skin. What's that the one where Jonathan Glazer? Huh. That was Jonathan Glazer. He was my other pick. So. No, no, no. The the one where Antonio Banderas slowly surgeries somebody into his past it does love. does feel like that's called Under the Skin, right? Into Beneath the skin? the skin, maybe? Beneath the Skin? Beneath the Skin. That movie yeah. was so fucking good and weird. That but sounds scary. I'm, f- I'm afraid of that one. This is the guy. This is the, uh, I would say, the Spanish king who gave birth to the three that I, I believe have all been drafted. No, yeah. one has not. Quaron has been drafted because he's on my team. And Del Toro has been drafted. But he's the on other one team. that nobody likes. Has <laughs> yeah, not. we're all like, whatever. <laughs> Boo. Thumbs down to you. Get out of here. But yeah, uh, he's probably got five more good movies left. So I'll take him. Mike, who are you taking? 
I am taking, I, again, I think I could wait on this and not like, well, who knows? You can't wait long anymore. I think I could wait even longer, honestly. But Steven Spielberg? This, no, it's weird nobody's grabbed the E.T. guy. Uh, <laughs> I can't not see his next two movies that he's filming back to back. I think I would cry. I cry every time I watch one of his movies, every time I've seen it. It's uh, Better Luck Tomorrow is an amazing movie. And then he is... The creative helm behind Fast and Furious's best films. It's Justin Lin. What are his next two movies at? Fast nine and no, Fast ten and Fast eleven. Oh, okay. I thought you meant like you were gonna cry because they hit a certain point for you. Like he was gonna make his Roma or Belfast. Every time I watch Fast Seven, I cry, Ryan. So who knows what he'll do to me? Well, that's beautiful. That you probably didn't like. You were probably under threat from me, but maybe Ryan on that one. Do you think, think he could have so. waited on that, Ryan? Uh, he could have waited on that yeah, one. Yeah, I think he could have waited on that one a little bit. I mean, I got I got Steven Spielberg. Right. Yeah. In the ninth round. In the ninth round. So that felt really good. I think I'm entering into my, I'm afraid not to pick this guy, territory. Uh, he made Looper, which was oh, shit. super. Oh, was, shit. In the 10th round? Uh, shit. He made what is probably, I think, going to go down, and uh, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong here, as the greatest Star Wars movie ever made. The greatest the greatest non-original trilogy Star yeah, Wars okay, ever made, for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, not, It's not better than those other ones. It's an upsetting movie. It even made me upset the first time I saw it, but The Last Jedi is an amazing Star Wars movie that expands the potential of what a Star Wars it, movie could it be. It has creativity and life in it. Wait, yes. Mike, where are you? Where where does the last Jedi rank on your Star Wars rankings? Oh, so high up. I, I enjoyed it versus the last one where I was like, even in the giant lightsaber bite in front of tidal waves, I was like, this is boring. Dude, I tried to watch that again because I was like, you know it's what, Greg, you didn't give it a fair it's shake. A fucking, it's not a movie. It's I'm so bad. From the second it starts, you're just so angry. Like the 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 famous line of the Emperor's back somehow. <laughs> They're just like, get out of it. That's how you make fun of Star Wars, is how they yeah. fucking open that movie. Did you guys ever see the Will Smith? Uh, Jared Leto Suicide Squad, yes, and how the, I didn't, but everybody said that it wasn't a movie. Yeah. yeah, that's how I feel about Episode Nine. It's not, it is not a cohesive, coherent no. thing that you could call a movie. That's because they were done with all the like all the photography for the film. They were done filming it entirely, and they were right near the end process of editing it. And they made changes that they just didn't have the film for, and so they like ran things backwards. That's what crazy. An, well, I would say that this was a destructive yeah. Greg round. Yeah, Greg yeah. crushed. Yeah, I got to give it to myself <laughs> again. And then, of course, I just uh, finished up the Ryan Johnson thing. Knives Out, Yeah, I've seen twice. The first time, I was like like squirming in my seat. I loved it so much. And the Knives Out was so good that most uh, Last Jedi haters were like, fine. Yeah. I guess I liked <laughs> yeah, it. For sure. That is such an amazing movie, and it's even better the second time. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's better the third time. And you guys can watch that one, but that's where it stops. You can't see the sequel. You can't watch anymore. You know what's a good idea? Have Ana de Armas in your movie. Yeah, dude. I just watched the latest Bond movie. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, Ana de Armas. There's a little movie called Blade Runner 2049. Maybe you've heard of it. Is she a big giant hologram? It follows (laughs) that rule very closely. All right. When we come back, our last and final question about Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Well, that is very, very funny. Or very sad and perhaps now you have something to think about or very problematic and perhaps we have something to think about but in any event i'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to 
So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at Your Pop Filter. Email contacts at Your Pop Filter. Hey, everybody. Keep watching them movies. What is the moral slash message Beauty and the Beast is trying to get across? How successful is it? And can the film hold up even if its message doesn't? Now, this doesn't have to be like, I mean, we, we don't have to re-legislate the, the feminism stuff. Right. Which the movie falls down on, but that's not really the only like kind of weirdness in here. What ultimately is the message of this movie? That's it's it's so I don't know. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> like I think it's it's muddy. Because you could point and you could be like, Well, the message is it's in it's what's inside that counts. But right, then yeah. that is not right. true because the beast becomes a handsome prince at the end. So it's clearly that wasn't Yeah, like, right. They didn't do the Shrek thing, which no. we will always give shout outs to Shrek. That's uh, the thing Shrek did right. Right? Yeah. That to have, it's not that um, he has to turn into a prince. Fiona turns into an ogre. An ogre. Not, not, not that it matters. Much curvier as mm-hmm. an ogre. Yeah. The proper uh, thickness. Yeah. So, you know, not that that's the point of anything. But this one does the opposite where it's like, uh, don't worry, everybody. He turns into a dude, but kind of a weird dude. A weird dude, yeah. Yeah. It, and and it does seem like that is a shallow reading of the movie anyway, if you think it's going to be that. Because in that first song, everybody's saying, it's crazy how hot Belle is. Yeah. Because she's a fucking weirdo. So it's already instantly the movie's saying, like, we're not saying it's what's inside what counts. Because sometimes what's inside, people don't Mike. like. Yeah. I- <laughs> I really do think, I, I think I said this in the, in the intro, I really do think the actual message as an adult watching it is everybody is an asshole in their own yeah. way. And we all kind of have to get over that. Even the, the sweet dad is a dickhead to Philippe the horse. <laughs> and Philippe is a very good Mike. horse. He's a great horse. Man, Philippe is part of a long line of Disney horses mm-hmm. that I understand they are not real, sure. but that I want to hug so, so bad. bad. That feels like that would be a great hugging horse. Bullseye from the Toy Story films. Oh my gosh, that's a good one. Uh, the, the, the horse, horse from, from Tangled. Tangled. Yes! Oh, Tangled does not get enough friends. play. We definitely are friends. <laughs> Dude, you will always get points Mike. for repping Tangled. It, you know, I'm a big Moana guy, but before that, before Tangled. that, it was Tangled, dude. I don't understand. Frozen is a mediocre movie, I think, with yeah. one good song. Tangled fucking rips from minute one to minute 94. And I don't get why that didn't take off. You know why? Because I think, I think frozen is more accurately aimed at kids. Mm. I think, you know, Disney is always trying to walk this line between we want to entertain the kids and their parents. And I think tangled probably strays a little bit too far towards parents. So we liked it. Right. Because we are at least slightly closer to mental, mentally like parents than children our bodies Uh, are decaying like parents bodies do yeah definitely dude i've got like dad bod uh for real and a dad sense of humor but no children but one adorable cat who really i mean that's all you need in a lot of ways that's like the same experience are you ready to become really weird i've been thinking about this a lot as another uh childless adult and uh-huh. will remain to be so that like we're gonna be so weird because that's just what happens when yeah. you don't have your energy to pour into something yeah you know and it's like we'll know like ryan is a parent in fact he is away doing parenting <laughs> duties right now he's not just sitting here quietly uh, i can hear his daughter like protesting against her bath right now but like do you remember when your parents would have friends that didn't have kids yeah how they seemed like not real people like i loved like, them 
but they were deeply weird, right? But they were the, they weird. were the weirdest people you would know. Right. Yeah. So you're making a great Can't point. Wait. And and that's just me. And I you know, what can you do? Like it's it I mean, just okay, real talk. Real talk. Is is it even ethical to have kids? I don't think right? so. In this economy, in this climate? No, yeah, probably not, right? I mean, so honestly, like not only is it the right thing to do, but you get to be a super big weirdo. Yeah. I'm Spend a so much money on fucking children's movies. <laughs> I'm a 40 year old dude in a Spider Man hoodie. When I go to the store, people think that like I'm trying to snatch their kids. <laughs> no, nah, I just want to talk to them about comic books. Uh, getting which would be immoral, which makes me think of the moral of this movie, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, dang! Uh, and on its Mike. another on the surface is like, well, he was rude to the witch, and that's why she cursed him and his entire castle. Uh, he was 11. Yeah. He didn't have parents. Yeah. Her punishment was way too much. She was obviously, she had that spell prepared. I know how magic works. You don't uh-huh. do it right off the top of your nog. You have to she do the prep. To... She is basically <laughs> fucking Mike. magical jigsaw from the Saw movies, where she's just like, oh, here's the lesson Mike. I've decided you need to learn. She but sucks. I here's what I here's what I think this movie is ultimately about about. And this is why you it's hard to get into the weeds of like the moral dilemmas because it is so hardcore allegorical. Right. What I think this movie is ultimately about is where what is appropriate violence? Mm. Where well, sh- <laughs> Where Greg. should violence be pointed? Because the movie does not say we must abhor violence. No. Right? It embraces violence, but it has to be violence correctly channeled. And what Bell teaches Beast really is you have to point your violence at the the enemy. You have to point right. your, vi- your violence at the things that are trying, the wolves that it's, are literally at our door. It's okay to be violent when you're protecting something you care about. Yeah, because exactly. Because we don't like violence when it's from Gaston, whether it's silly yeah. violence or violent violence. It does seem icky in the movie. But when the broomsticks and bag knobs and lumiere and crogsworth fight it's great yeah because they are defending their home so it is like yeah justified violence and there is um there is something about the way that beast won't fight at the end Mm -hmm. where he's like so depressed his too too he's such a sweetie really like he's too heartbroken right to fight and he in that moment he is rendered pathetic so far that the audience, I think, almost is like, Beast, come on, man. This is awful. Somebody should shoot him in the back. He gets shot with an arrow. He falls out a window, and he's just like, guess I'll just die. Until you know he sees Belle, and once right. again, Belle reminds him, no, we need violence. Right. You have to point that violence oh, at the right at the right target. And that's what is like, that's what's really bestial about him. Mm-hmm. Right. When they have that snowball fight, he's about to end her life with a snowball <laughs> because he can't totally erase that violence. Right. And she won't let him. She does not want to erase his violence. She just puts a boundary around it. She says, you can't Shit. direct it at me. You can't direct it at these other people around us, but you can't extinguish it. We need your violence. Right. And we need it to go the right way. Look, and if you're in medieval fantastical France, sometimes yeah. you're gonna need to be a little violent. And you know, when when half of the things are are wolves, and it's right. like there's not quite that that morality there. But he does like fight, and then the guy dies. It's it's obviously Gaston's fault. But what does he right. do? Gaston misapplies violence as he does over and over and over again. Well, he applies he, violence to literally everything. Yeah, right. And, if and some pe- if his best friend says something slightly wrong, he punches him right in the nose. 
Even Mike. if he's happy, he's like, the yeah. way he's happy we, is destructive. They build him up, and we know Gaston's good again in the Nobody like Drinks Like Gaston song, because he uh-huh. starts beating the shit out of the rest of the bar, including fucking biting them. Yeah, <laughs> like, he will, he, he will he, Mike Tyson bite a bitch. He, he takes it from like, oh, we're silly wrestling boys. No, I want to murder you guys on that because I feel good again. It's yeah. messed up. And because he's like, he's the alpha, right? And so he his mm. violence... All the violence travels from him downhill. And in this context, what are we to understand about the townspeople? Are they perhaps a a a, a soft candidate for the true villain in all of this? Because I wanted to argue that Bell is kind of an asshole. I've said it a lot through here because in the in the in that first couple songs, they they're just folks. They just want to live their lives. They like the provincial yeah. life. They don't need the snob telling them why baking bread is wrong. But then at the end, how quick and how slavering. Yeah. They are to do violence because they heard there's something in the woods. And they're weirdly Mike. obsessed with her in a way that I yeah. think rings really true. I think that in every community, the community members get obsessed, right, with the young women and with mm-hmm. how they're leading their lives. And they become like emblematic, right, of the right. values of the society. So the fact that she is a reader and is different, that is a a smirch on the entire town in their right. mind. But they like have her imprisoned before she ever gets up to the top of the mountain right right she is auto she's like in a prison of the town's devising and then they are turned so violent so quickly they yeah and they're like their their smiles when they're trying to kill the tools are perverted and like the the, the guy is ripping out the french maid's feathers yes that was upsetting it is it's rapacious i don't know is that a correct usage of that word (laughs) Yeah, like a big a hunger, a, a ravenous, yeah. uh, angry, destructive. Yeah, like I half expected her to come back with like a leg. Right. Right? Because he ripped off chunks of her. There were a couple times in this movie that I exclaimed, even as an adult who has seen it multiple times. Uh, one of them was when the book gets thrown in the mud and then again oh. when Gaston puts his feet on the book. But when that French maid starts getting her, the feather duster feathers ripped out. Yeah. it. it I yelled yeah. out. I yelled out. Ryan, do you want to weigh in on the the morality of this? That that's the question. Is just the morality of the movie? <laughs> oh, darn! Man, we were right there. We were just about to hear what Ryan had to say about that, but unfortunately, no. It's time for a speed round. Lumiere and the Feather Duster are about even as appliances, look wise. But he's punching way above his weight class once they're both human. Shit, this should have been a topic, shouldn't it have? Stop talking <laughs> about how ugly the beast is when he's no longer the beast uh-huh. and start talking about how ugly Lumiere is when he's yes, no longer dude, a, he's candle. a human. Right. He is he is Whoa. so suave as a candle. Yes, dude, that guy looks hot as a candle. And then he turns into a dude. He is he a is bigger Gambit's dog than the younger Ottoman. brother Bambit. And Bambit <laughs> ain't got no game. Ryan. Very true. That is that's one ugly man. And she looks at him and, and he looks at her and she basically has what Bell's dilemma is the whole time, which is there's not that many dudes. Yeah. You know, you just gotta you gotta well, pick the least offensive got, one, I guess. He's got the charm. So you can get charmed. And, and everybody like, and he same fucks. in the dark. He's so clearly fucks. Yeah. Like they have fucked as a candle and as a as a duster. Yeah, they have as intercourse yeah. as those two appliances. And that's so how she- Bell escapes is because they're behind <laughs> that curtain fucking. And not that like we judge appearances. But she's smoking hot and he's ugly. Yeah, and we we would never judge appearances, <laughs> right. but we just happened to kind it's of notice. Right. fact. We just sort of noticed. Uh, we already talked about the broken furniture, but like, was that distracting to you at all? Yes. Thinking about like, this guy breaks stuff, that's people? Or do you kind of think, 
do you kind of think some furniture is people, but not all people are furniture? There, there is an entire uh, like ring. rhombus rectangle sort of thing going on. Yeah, rhombus. <laughs> what is it? All rhombi are rectangles, but not all rectangles are rhombi. Something like that. Yeah, Mike. Pretty good. Pretty pretty good. Uh, how Let's messed up? How messed up is it that Bell never learns Beast's name? Dude, she's all like, he's so rude. She never once is just like, I can't is, just call you the Beast, right? Is your Christian name not the Beast? Is it Esteban Spielbergo? <laughs> <laughs> I think perhaps it is. Uh, Be Our Guest is probably the most famous song in this, but is it the biggest banger? What do you think? I think scene-wise, it is. Okay, and so as a scene, yes. I, I like think that, that like uh, it's, it's really unheralded as one of the most satirized things of our generation like this shit we have seen this shit in a million different ways imagine that like we got to see the source material first right like we don't have that experience with citizen kane we Mm. like saw citizen kane laid out to us like an absolute harlot by all of the different (laughs) ways in which it was a tart just a straight tart we had seen all of her goodies um but when it comes oh to uh, Beauty and the Beast, like we saw the source material first, long before uh, See My Vest. Probably the <laughs> second best run at this song is, is See My Vest. Would you agree with that, guys? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's made of real gorilla chest. <laughs> right? So that's pretty good. Uh, I But like as we've said before, I do think that uh, Beauty and the Beast, the song, is fine yeah i don't know if angela lansbury is the diva that you want uh-huh. as opposed to like beyonce or wanted somebody. to get share to do it yeah uh but they got murder she wrote but uh <laughs> the the provincial right. town does yeah. not get enough credit as that like so being good. the greatest i want song introduction to the society that we're in of all time killer recording and- killer mix like mm-hmm. a, that is just really a well-mixed song that feels like listening to an ensemble cast also remember playing a video game as a kid and you were like i'm gonna knock on this door and they'll be like oh here's a large part i'm gonna talk to them i'm gonna t- i'm gonna hit a and talk to the person inside this house and they're gonna give me a large part of the story that i'm about to enter into yes that's what this song yeah, is town <laughs> way more fun than <laughs> the town parts of zelda i also i want to call it the the so many times there's like either a goofy sidekick song or a villain song and they smash them together in the nobody drinks like Gaston. It, I think this might be the pound for pound best Disney musical. Like all the songs are great. That song is super stupid in the best way. Super funny. He's doing LeFou is doing like the buddy Hackett role from musical man, the music uh-huh. man. Uh, it's great. Did you notice that LeFou at one point is like, he becomes a snowman and Josh Gad played both Olaf and LeFou. That was one of the uh, moments that made me legit laugh out loud. Was this does, a snowman. This does get the award that I think all movies that we've done for movie of the year gets, which is no Josh Gad. Yes. And congratulations <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> you somehow avoided it. That is the end of the speed round. When we come back, it's time to get to some awards and one recommendation. Awards. I wouldn't mind winning one. This is one of those fucking movies that actually got nominated a bunch and won a bunch. Yeah, dude. It won so many. I don't oh, want to go yeah, there. <laughs> it won up and down. Uh, this is one where we're like, Academy, we see you and we agree with you. <laughs> this is not a green book. This is something different than that. But they didn't give it enough awards. Not for me. Not by a long shot. So I want to give it some more. Mike, what would you say is the most over a kid's head moment? And, and what do we mean by that? And what is it? 
I for, for I think often it could be like the Shrekification of cartoons. Okay. Is there so many things that are like that's for the adults? But for this, it is it's like not... when you use "Hey now, I'm an all star," and yes. kids don't realize that's kids an absolute really... bop. Yeah, and it came out years before Shrek. Or when uh, Shrek tells Fiona, "I'm going to smash your mouth." <laughs> oh my god, that's so and he awful. means it sexually. <laughs> that is well, of course she's not before and I spit you know yours. What, Fiona, I mean that sexually. <laughs> uh, but th- this is a joke that's like for adults. It's not sexual. But it's and it made me chuckle so hard is Cogsworth is doing the tour and he's uh, like, and this is from the mid Baroque period. And they say, if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. I was like, that's not for any child who watches this then, movie. And then this motherfucker, he laughs. He of laughs. Of course, he's going to be the one to but laugh. Yeah, it's a dude. great joke. And I loved it. I guess I thought it was time for a joke. This is why Mike, you uh, and I are best friends. I'm the Cogsworth. I'm the idiot mustachioed <laughs> pun maker to your life. Yes. Ryan, what do you think is the most over a kid's head moment? There's a lot of writing that is on the internet about how Shrek ruined what Beauty and the Beast started. Uh-huh. Because we like, what if we could actually be earnest and genuine and make wonderful romantic things? And Shrek was like, what if we took a piss on our dump? <laughs> <laughs> Like Shrek sucks, man. Shrek Fuck does suck. Shrek. Yeah, we're we are an anti Shrek. We podcast, did two thousand one, yeah. and we didn't even put Shrek in the top eight. We do like the we do like curvy Fiona Ogre, but besides that, <laughs> fuck Shrek. We love our curvy Ogre. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but my over the head thing is I I know that the award sort of alludes to it being sexual, but the way that I laughed super hard, and I don't think a kid ever would was how Gaston bragged about how everything he owns is uh, decorated in antlers. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just such a fucking type of dude. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, he's such a type of dude. Don't believe me? Ask the antlers, I think he said. (laughs) This movie is the original, like, hey, found a new type of guy. And Gaston is the guy. (laughs) All right, Ryan's getting the point. Uh, Everything he owns is absolutely covered in antlers. Ryan, this might be the same answer as the other one, but what do you think is the award for Gaston might be the best or worst Disney villain? What does it mean and what do you think it's going to win? So what I'm trying to do here with this award is I'm trying to pick something that isn't classic Disney villain thing, right? Like he does so many things like stab a guy in the back when he's not looking, when he's trying to like make his romantic move. It's bad. You shouldn't. That's that's classic Disney. But what is like pure Gaston evil and I, I gotta say Greg I think it's um, I have called the entire town to witness our marriage Dude. and I have <laughs> not even asked her if she wants to marry me yet and he, he says that to the camera like it's a joke yeah can you believe it she's gonna she gonna be so excited when she's all the trouble this I guy is the Bam Margera of, <laughs> of the Disney world Bam Margera I'll be marrying Belle all day <laughs> her finish. house I'm allowed to Right. All right. What do you think it is, Mike? What's the guest on best worst? I think what sets him apart makes him like truly loathsome in so many moments do. But it is uh, he th- he pretends he's this big tough guy. He rules the roost of the town. Uh, the minute the beast is winning a little, he turns into this simpering little bitch. And he's just like, I'll do anything. But just please don't hurt me. And the beast puts him down, turns around, and then he stabs him for the second or third time in the back. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's that just like I will be a sniveling worm if that'll get me out of this and then I'll pretend I'm tough right away right after that and that's why this movie ultimately works is arc out of your beastiness and don't be guest on right like yeah. arc out of it but it's still like start as an incel get the girl it's nice <laughs> to have such like an obvious foil yeah. like it makes watching the movie a lot easier because you're like oh that, that, that guy is a foil <laughs> that, that guy's worse uh, I also would have uh, I, I'm going to pick a winner now but I also would have accepted when Gaston shows his hairy chest uh, <laughs> and confuses everybody 
Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, Mike. Bamajera. I'm going to marry Belle all day. That was me. That was Ryan. Ryan. Whoopsies. Ryan. Toasty. Skadoosh. Skadooshing that one away from me so I don't have to deal with it anymore. <laughs> Who gives the best P for P? That's pound for pound performance. Mike? I think I thought about this a lot. We'll see if I did. You're not uh, sure if you did that. <laughs> I want to say it's Robbie Benson as the Beast. I think he's the Whoa. one who's asked to do the most emotional work. Uh-huh. And he does various levels of rage. He does guilt. He does depression. He does in love. And I think he fucking crushes it. All right, Ryan, what do you say? I have to go with Greg. And this was back in the time where you didn't have to hire like a French person to be a French person. Yeah. It's Jerry goddamn Orbach, the lead singer of uh, Law and Order. <laughs> dun, dun. The guy who was uh, who like literally put baby in a corner, even though you're yes. not supposed to. What he didn't a cla- give a shit, dude. He's like, At- baby, corner now. And then all of a sudden, he's like, Disney, I can do this. Oh, oh, oh. And then just, I think that Lumiere is the key to this movie in so many ways. Could you imagine watching this movie, Ryan? Ryan. This is just for me and Ryan. Second. Could you imagine Ouch. watching this movie and then being like, somebody did a better job than that guy and it's a beast? Absolutely not. No, yeah. No, I mean, uh, Robbie Benson had his voice uh, turned down and like made more beast-like in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but Jerry Orbach, who in the live-action movie, have we talked about the live-action movie at all tonight? No. And we're Why did they like, add an hour? Why would they it. add an hour? Okay, so we won't do it now. That's as much as, there, as you're getting. It should not exist. Uh, but Jerry Orbach, they didn't hire a French guy, and he he just nailed it, and he is the charisma of literally keeping bell in the mansion like yeah. i i will do what you say french jerry orbach and <laughs> by the way if you've never seen jerry orbach he looks different than lumiere yeah go go look him up definitely jerry orbach very good how about director signature moment this movie it's a little weird with animated movies but it has a director it has two directors who do you think, or what do you think is their signature moment, Ryan? Yeah, it is hard because we're not sure totally what they do. There is yeah. two, but I'm just going to, based it on what's... like supervisor. When it's an animated movie, it feels like they're the, everyone has to like, like tell them what's up with what they're doing. Draw right. that again. Yeah. Why oh, did you do that? He should be a beast. <laughs> Why did you draw him like a beauty? I'm going to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a four hour lunch. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm going to pick the end when... Uh, Belle is reaching out and Gaston is coming back to life and just that fucking really my vote is for the castle I cannot believe what that castle looks like uh, it's so dark and twisted yeah and unbelievably awesome like it looks so good it's so thin uh, and tall that like when you look through the gate it fits in between the two mm-hmm. walls of the gate it's it's narrower than the gate itself and live action shit either has to go fa- like scout a location like this or cgi it and i hate both of those yeah dude. i like this drawn ass version i hate scouting <laughs> <laughs> there's a point where uh uh beast hides in the shadows of this castle and gaston walks right past him because Gaston's like, yeah, that's just a shadow of this castle. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, that's how these castles work. Or when Gaston, like, straight up attacks a gargoyle because yeah. he thinks it's Beast. 
All right. So and just like so the and that and the weather around it, like the lightning, like it's so scary, but not. And it's the beast, you know. He's scary on the outside, warm on the inside. This castle is my director's moment. Ooh, nice, Mike. What do you say? I think so. This duo, Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise, would go on to do uh, Hunchback nice. of Notre Dame. Mike. And Atlantis, the Lost Empire, and we all feel different things. I'm sorry, about did these you say Atlantis? Atlantis. So, <laughs> like the, the story of the jagged little bill. <laughs> yeah, they they did that documentary that just came out, and Ryan. I think it it has to the the swooping shot of it's during the Beauty and the Beast song, but of you can see the hall ballroom and the camera is actually moving. That feels like a camera, and it encompasses how big this area is, yeah. and it's beautiful. All their movies have a moment like that where it's just like, I know we're animated. You don't have to look at the camera. In Hunchback, it's when uh, they're doing the Festival of Fools and the camera's like moving through it and yeah. it feels like it's on a crane. And it goes around him like at the top right. of the Belfry. Uh... And then in, in Atlantis, Morissette, The Lost Empire, it's when you <laughs> first see The Lost Empire at the bottom, it's like, look at this majestic tent. Like they, they do this swoop that you don't see in animated movies a lot. Well, you know what? Mike. I like that. That's a good choice, my man. Ryan, what about the cringe factor? Are we cringing? Oh, we are cringing hard. And we're we've already discussed how, like, Stockholm Syndrome and blah, blah, this blah. This movie's bad in some ways. But, but here's how we're actually cringing. You found a person named Mr. Cogsworth, and you turned him into a clock? How dare you? Mrs. Potts, and you turned her into a teapot? Like, like you're turning people's last names back in on them, and that is, like, <laughs> did this enchantress go through the time of not just like i'm casting a spell on you beast but also i'm gonna make all of these other servants become the appliances that their last name most the universe is deterministic right so that's why i mean it's like that's a clear sign that everything is is a simulation at least for beauty and the beast i'm sorry enchantress ayn rand but that makes me cringe yeah beauty and the beast is a calvinist work i think what do you think mike uh it is the line Promise or no promise, I can't stay here another minute, and then she takes off. Uh, you don't have to follow any promise, kids, <laughs> that you made under coercion of your father's life. And so it it really rubbed me the wrong way. She owes him nothing, and for the movie, even to pretend for a second she owes the beast something because her word of honor grossed me out. I agree. There's Mike. a moment in this movie where it's like, well, yeah, she could leave when he gets attacked by wolves and decides to save his life instead. And when you're watching it, you're like, oh, so now she's here by choice. And then she's like, I got to go see my sick dad. And he's like, you're free to leave. And it's like, oh, wait. So she was your prisoner that whole time in your mind still? Did you guys get a little bit of like uh, Judy Garland or Eliza yes. Minnelli from her performance? Oh, yes. Yeah. Was she doing that on purpose? That's something like, that went over. I'll head. never leave, Beast. Oh, I'll yeah. never leave. Oh, yeah. She's wearing that blue dress. Uh-huh. Like, she man, did. it was. I never Dizzy. realized it when I was a kid. That sort of thing didn't dawn on me, but sure. she's so obviously trying to give. Oh that, right? my goodness! All right, how about recommendations, Mike? I think if you are interested in uh, a woman who's a little weird in her role and people judging her for it, and a dude who needs to learn how to be good, you would love the now six full seasons on Netflix show Lucifer. <laughs> and there's music all the time. I thought straight up Mike was going to say, you'll love being a thruple with me and my <laughs> wife. Think about it. Really look into it. We, we noticed your vibe <laughs> from across the bar. All right, Ryan, what do you recommend? Lucifer's good, man. I, I, like, I never uh, thought to compare box. it to Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm thinking about a absolute smoke show of a woman with a fucking terrible person. 
And the older I get, the more terrible he is. And to me, that's everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> I would like to recommend. Uh, I, I think this, the standout oh, of the uh, the mid nineties. Hey, look how this fucking absolute toolbox married a smoke show. And every year I watch it, I love my wife more. Yeah. I try to be better, and I realize that he is the absolute. biggest piece of shit that has ever lived it's hard to watch these shows that came before kevin can fuck himself (laughs) the show that all about how like these husbands are like they're not bad husbands it's not that they're i mean they're probably pretty average dudes but they're bad fucking people where's my grilled cheese they're sociopaths they do nothing for the people that they have joined their life to they don't they don't care about their wives their children like and they're the fucking I'm, victim of everything right. in their mind in their personal story they're beset by a henpecking wife and, and by annoying children and we would root for them and we'd be like we would cheer for them yeah. like you could hear the audience be like he'd walk in and be like where's my grilled cheese and everybody'd be like Woo! yeah give him his cheese. grilled cheese <laughs> get that gc which is not the best chant but it's a chant raymond yep. shouldn't have to take out the heaviest heaviest garbage deborah those are both very interesting recommendations. My own recommendation is there's kind of a shout out to it in this, but books. <laughs> Check them out. Do me a favor, everybody. Let's go back to reading. Let's go back to reading some books. I think that the- you're not talking about McKenna from Unnatural Twenties. No, yeah, don't I, check her out. She's married. I, Come on. No, yeah, but I love I, I love McKenna. Obviously, um, you know, books is a great nickname. It can apply to. I think more than one person. Oh even. man, Mike, do you ever think about the fact that Greg is pissed that his nickname isn't Books, and it's we McKenna? should probably start calling him Books. They both yeah, have curly let's hair. Let's call him Books. I for the first two years I knew her, I, I was like, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna try to steal your nickname. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's not much I can do about it. I just don't think I'm so upset that you got she got people to agree to call her books and they do it all the time and even i do it well to be fair mike and i have read books before yeah yeah so you didn't seem that crazy but caitlin and cassie have never read a book they are and real so- guestons <laughs> when it comes to books they throw Couple them in mud over there. they read them upside down and say i don't get how you enjoy this <laughs> why do they they always have books upside down with playboys inside of them <laughs> <laughs> man either one of those Girls would not want to see a Playboy for even one second. What it honestly now that now that we're out of the nineties, I think we can agree. What an icky, terrible magazine. Cardi B just became the creative director for the company Playboy. I saw that. I'm interested more, to see where the company it's more goes. Of a, like a lifestyle brand now. Yeah. Than, I don't even know if there still is a magazine. I don't think so. But there's, if there was, I'd read it for the article. There's not a Mad magazine, so why even have magazines? Yeah, I'm mad to hear that. <laughs> when we come back, I'm going to tell you who won the show. And we're going to talk about whether or not Beauty and the Beast could win the whole freaking season. I try to have the tension level of when I announce the winner be commensurate with the score. So, Mike, you scored 58 points, which is the most anyone's ever scored. Ryan, you scored 40. That is the most anybody has ever lost. (laughs) And there's no real uh, reason for it. So I'm just the best at watching movies. Now, I I have to ask, Greg... um, because I think that I've won every episode so far this season. Yeah. Uh, did I make a little drum beat and then dance like that and then no. rub it in Mike's face at all? That that is the drum beat that plays when the audience cheers, right? But we don't. I, we I don't have it, using, so I have to. I haven't been using that sound. So Mike mm. has just been. He's been a lot like this. So now Zoidberg is big, huh? He's so and, proud to finally be big. Well, let's just say this: points big though. Mike might be your best friend, but he's now my worst enemy. Oh, I always have I been. Hate, 
I hate to hear that. <laughs> Darn it. I want to give it up and say, Ryan, you're correct. You have not done a drum beat every time you win. But to say you've never rubbed it in my face means you have <laughs> fucking zero touch with reality, my friend. All I do is send you a note in the mail in the a, from, from the USPS. 26 pages front and back. Covered in potpourri that says, I'm sorry you lost, but here's why I won. And I just list ways of for like you to get better. Listeners I'm just trying know to teach you. the things you do and say. You can't avoid the tape. I have to say, this is an animated movie for children, and it includes people singing instead of just saying what they mean. And right now, it is my number one with a bullet. I think this fucking movie is going to win 1991's movie of the year. I've never been so delighted. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the best movie we've ever seen. I have never enjoyed watching a movie for this show here's, more than I enjoyed watching this movie. Here's why it loses. Or here's why it wins, actually. Uh, let's say Barton Fink speaks to me more than any movie this year. And Martin Fink! Martin Fink! You can almost hear it. And Greg has T2. I think Greg is fucking covered in T- T2. And Mike has Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Beauty and the Beast yeah. rises and wins. It could totally happen. I, I see it. I see it happening. When, it, when we are squaring the movies off against one another... I could see the enthusiasm being just so high for this movie. Or, do we have the balls to do it, though? Do we have the balls to look people no, in the eye and be like... No, we're pussies. But I, I think, like, Barton Fink is so 1940 or, or whatever it was. And we're like, oh, I don't know. But what yeah. animated movies get away with, it's also a period piece. But it's so 1991. I know it yeah. takes place in fantastical France, but it's very 1991. Yeah, but here's the thing, though, is that like I think about like all the characters I met and all the songs I heard on this journey, and I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like all the songs I heard on this journey, that movie was 91 minutes. Yeah, dude. that's gonna make it win. Yeah, that's 1991 like, ins- minutes. <laughs> <laughs> also, Dang. just be the amount of minutes that the year that you yeah, came out from. That's of. pretty effective. I I foresee big things for it. I I was so delighted. I'm so glad we did it. It's the movie that I was maybe least excited about for this season. And within, I I swear, within one minute, I texted both of you guys. This is so beautiful. I can't (laughs) believe it. I love it. Within one minute, you texted us uh, both. I want to fuck this duster, which is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. She wasn't even in there yet. I know you want your nickname to be books, but your nickname is fuck duster. <laughs> I'm a duster buster. I can't help it, my friends. I Dustin wanna, makes me feel good. <laughs> I want to get up in them feathers and see what's going on. Well, what's going on with the rest of this season is Silence of the Lambs. We have a very special episode about JFK coming up. Uh, we threw together a mixtape for you. We talked about um, some of the most interesting franchises and how they're doing. All that is still to come. But until it does, do me a favor, would you? Keep watching them movies.